Attention, all conscious beings in the cosmos. This transmission is being beamed to you from the Human Observer. You are about to experience consensual conversing between two normal or quasi-normal sapiens of Earth. Welcome aboard. Welcome and welcome aboard. What a spectacular setting we find ourselves in today. I was going to say, Pablo, I really like what you've done to the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Installed Um, fireplace. History rich place that we find ourselves in today uh, with brilliant company, uh, Father Rod uh, Bauer. The Venerable, the Venerable Rod Bauer, Archdeacon for Justice in the Diocese of Newcastle. I'm glad you memorised that. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, Father Rod. Thank welcome, you. It's Father lovely Rod. to be with you. Thank yeah. you for um, taking the time to uh, spend with us this evening. We yeah. um, we've had guests. We've had guests. Yeah, but not like on no, this caliber. <laughs> no, not on this caliber. So for in this setting, no or in this setting. That's right. <laughs> Too there's many firsts. A, there's a couple of firsts here for THO tonight. <laughs> We've got many. our first ever uh, show recorded outside of the den, mm. the observatory. We've got our uh, first interview uh, with a with a how do you what's the verbiage member? No, uh, of of the church. The clergy. Yeah, Mem- the cl- member, member of the clergy. Yeah, 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 see, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's how familiar yeah. I am with this well, tour. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, Babs, yes. you better kick us off, mate, because I'm not sure where to start. Yeah, well, okay. So um, I guess a, a brief introduction, uh, Father Rod, if you, if you would perhaps um, uh, just talk about yourself, uh, I guess, for, for a okay. little while and perhaps tell... I can do that all night. If it's like <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to pull you up at some point. <laughs> Well, I'm Rod Bauer, yes. and I uh, live here in Gosford, where I've been for 21 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uh, my day job is uh, the Archdeacon for Justice in the Diocese of Newcastle. So my my portfolio is all the things to do with social justice and mm-hmm. and our our uh, welfare agencies and and all that kind of stuff. So that's my job. I'm uh, I'm also the rector of Gosford, uh-huh. um, which is rector is a Latin word which means ruler. Okay. Hmm. So I, people don't seem to really pay enough attention to that. But anyway, that's okay. <laughs> so okay. Yeah. okay. I'm the only one think that's important. <laughs> and and it's um, interesting. And so I, uh, I'm married to Kerry, mm-hmm. uh, who's my beloved, and we have two adult children uh, who are married, and uh, and four extraordinary grandchildren. Wow! Terrific! Wow! Terrific! Terrific! Uh, okay, so, well, that was concise, and uh, thank you for that. <laughs> yep, I like that. No, but, uh, no wasting any time whatsoever. Yeah. A little bit of history about mm. the site that we're on. Yeah. The parish was formed in 1839. Wow, there, wouldn't have, just there would not have been much here oh, at that the, time, right? The old photos mm. of the original rectory, which is just over there, um, it's just a big open paddock. Yeah. And, um, and a dirt road. And I a guess. dirt road. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was it. Absolutely wow. amazing. Wow. And uh, some people might say that Gosford hasn't come much further Not since much. then. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, what, what we want to try to understand a little bit today, there's a, a few, maybe we'll call them chapters of, of our um, discussion because, you know, we want to explore 
what it means to be, I guess, a, a, a pastor or a priest or um, and get into a little bit of the nitty-gritty there. And then we want to talk about um, perhaps some of your political views, which are quite outspoken and perhaps have, um, you know, got a bit of kickback at, at a few points perhaps uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on that. And that's uh, probably, to put it mildly, um, yep. Uh, you know, so um, why don't we start with a question like, uh, and then actually to, just to finish up, we're going to ask you some left field questions, which um, will be probably a little bit entertaining for our, our people. I like them. <laughs> hopefully uh, keep you entertained as well. But um, tell us how you came to, to, to be in the position that you're in, I guess, and, um, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, some of the demons that you've had to overcome in the, on your way. So and the position as, as a priest, you mean? Yes. yes. So how do I get to be a priest? Okay. Yes. Um, I guess that journey begins really uh, with the fact that I'm an adopted person. Okay. Yeah, wow. right. So I, uh, I grew up in, in the Hunter Valley yep. um, in, a, um, uh, in a place where there was a high, really high level of familial identity. Everyone was related to everybody else. Sure. Everyone was cousins. Everyone in the valley had the same great, great, great grandfather. Kind of thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember having this conversation with about, I was about nine, I suppose, with, mm. uh, you know, and there's this nine year old boy having this pissing competition just to see, you know, mm. who, whose family had been in the valley the longest. And so okay. we traced our. You know our lineage back to the same great 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 grandfather or whatever. Okay. And uh, and and then he he sort of delivered the decisive blow when he said, "Well, yeah, 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 but that doesn't count because you're adopted." Yeah. Uh, right. Yep. Right. Kids are fun. Our kids are fun. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so I I kind of had this idea that while I was really my parents were great and they really loved me and, and everything, but I didn't really quite belong. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And so there was always this identity kind of search. Sure, yeah. That, that I was. And so I think, honestly, to be really honest, what led me to priesthood originally was a search for identity. Okay. Because you, you get a uniform and a title and, a, yeah. uh, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a slot in every town that you fit into. You no belong. Where you go, yeah. you know, there, there's a house there for you and yeah. a job. And an, and an identity and a role that's recognised immediately by everybody the minute mm-hmm. you get there, and um, and so I think it was that search for identity. Um, now, eventually, I discovered that I wasn't going to find that in priesthood. But okay. I kind of sure. I, I kind of hung around anyway. Right, right. Sure, and, sure, yeah. Sure. So that's kind of what got me there to start with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and not but, what's but kept me there. That's right. And I guess yeah. that I mean, am I right to sort of estimate here that that was one of the a demons that you had to overcome that like you found yourself in this position because you were looking for meaning yes and or looking for belonging but then found yourself you know potentially you know teaching the bible and i, I guess you know having to what's the word i'm looking for like connect those dots i guess to, to make sure that you're there for the right reason is that a reasonable question yeah i mean i <clears throat> i've tried a number of times to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they won't let you. <laughs> and I've, I've, you know, I've tried to get myself sacked on several occasions. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing you. <laughs> and, but I've, uh, you know, I've never really got out. Yeah. And part of, I mean, I think I'm settled in pretty comfortably these days. Sure. But mm. um, it was always that 
that that tension because of my psyche is formed as, as an adopted person. So you you always feel you're on the outside looking in. Yes, sure. And and I'm like that with the church too. I'm I'm always on the edge. Yes. Um, and even as as an archdeacon, um, so I'm I'm at the big table. You yes. know, that's kind of I'm I'm part of the you know the the senior management, I guess. Sure. Um, but even at the big table, I feel like I'm still on the on outside the looking in. Wow. But I've been really lucky that I've had a series of bishops now who have actually harnessed that, rea- rather than trying to change that, they've yes. harnessed that reality and, so, and said to me, well, okay, well, that's where we want you. We yeah. want you on the edge. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. You know, we, we want you communicating between the church, the, the church bubble, sure. like every organisation has a bubble and the church has got a really big one, mm-hmm. uh, and the rest of the world. So my, I mean, I often call myself the archdeacon for the edges. Yeah, yeah because right. I, I, I kind of straddle and I guess my psychological formation put has put me in a place where that's actually become an asset rather than, mm-hmm. a, than a demon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've, I kind of turned that demon into an angel. Sure, in, sure, in some sure. ways, that's gold. And that's, that's kind gold. of that's where it's kind of where I found myself. And and I think I'm 58 now. I, I've looking looking back. My father died when I was 13. Yes. And I I had no adolescence. I went from 13 to 50 mm. in one afternoon. So I've always been 50, and I think. The year I actually actually turned fifty was the year I kind of found myself in my own skin. Okay, and so the last eight years mm. have been quite extraordinary, really. Wow. And I think that's when I really started to kick in doing some pretty weird things and, and funny, extraordinary right? things. And and yeah. I think it was because I I'd, I'd prepared all my life to be fifty. Wow. <laughs> when I became fifty, it's interesting, isn't it? Happened. It's interesting. <laughs> there, there are a few parallels in that story that I can identify yeah. with for certain. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I, similar with my role, I've tried to have myself fired a number yeah. of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've actually <laughs> written resignation letters three, to be precise, um, and and still in the same. And and it makes you wonder, right? Like, you meant to be there. Mm. Is that a thing? It's the universe, uh, you know. Saying, well, you know, your plans, not next to my plans, no, 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 no. <laughs> you're staying right where you are. I, I, was, well, I was once fired from the position of Archdeacon. Okay. I was the, young, <laughs> I was the, I was the youngest Archdeacon ever appointed yes. and, uh, and, and a real career priest at the time. And, and um, I stood up for somebody that uh, the bishop didn't want me to stand up for at that stage, so I was sacked as the Archdeacon. So. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so I've, well, that's an yeah. interesting point that you raised there a career uh, priest right i guess that a question that our listeners might want to understand is what does it mean to be a priest and you know i guess expounding on that a little bit is like you know why why is there a drive to to be in the position what you know a career priest i guess as you mentioned yeah a a, a priest is not what you do it's who you are sure sure and my i guess my definition of a priest is is a it's not a person as such but Mm. it's a place right and the the the, i mean traditionally the 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 priests uh you know the cultic priests are those who 
um, stand in the Holy of Holies, who who um, you know, stand at the altar or, or whatever. So it's it's a, it's related to place. Place. And so a, a, a priest is a, at, at their best, which is rare, but at their best, <laughs> uh, are, are a place where people meet, meet right. with divinity. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see where you're getting yeah. at there. Yeah. You're it, a vehicle. Yeah, it's a, it's a place where heaven and yeah. earth yeah. come together. Got it. Uh, Got that's, it. What it that's, that's right. what a priest is. And, and the drive to get there, that's... Because, yeah. Well, then, then you—that's the ideal. Yes. And then you get the human element comes in, yeah. <laughs> mm. and you get the career priest. Like I was, I'm not anymore. But you know, mm. you, you're on a career path to be the Archbishop of Canterbury. Or something. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and and that drives and motivates some people to do some really amazing things. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I gave that up years ago, but um, yeah. Uh, but. Priests are also human, yes, and and all too human sometimes, and mm-hmm. and 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 but but healed wounds, healed brokenness can also be part of that place that allows the broken and the wounded to 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 enter into that that place where heaven and earth meet. Okay, yeah, and so right. yeah, I think Lennon Cohen said it's the it's the cracks that let the light in. Yeah, sure. And and it's so a, a conduit. Yeah, it's, it's so conduit, we, you know, yeah. we are called because we we are, you know, we are called to really deeply know our humanity, mm. and our woundedness and our brokenness, but still remain, you know, in that place where you've got one foot on the earth and one foot in heaven, mm. and and be a place where other broken people can find us a safe and healing. Yeah, place to also enter into. That's what sure, a, that's sure. what a priest is. Okay, has that always been the case? Well, in theory, yes. In theory, in theory, sure. yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's an interesting way that you've just put that because yeah. you. Um, I don't know. Is it maybe? I'm not. I guess. Uh, I'm not going to say the wrong person, but uh, <laughs> I'm probably a little more further removed than most. I think that. Um, it's super important to to recognize what you've just said that that really is like that for me is the definition of human uh noticing the flaws in yourself right yeah like and 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 despite that and and you know you're able to still be a conduit for well whatever it is that you're meant to be doing well, right. perhaps not despite it, but because, because of, of it. it. Yeah. Because of it, yeah. Because of it. Yeah, And and the 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 full expression of what it means to be a priest, you know, only appears to have flourished, I guess, in you um, at at a at a at a later mm. time in your life, right? But I also say I would also say the you know, the 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 fullness of what priesthood is supposed to be is really the fullness of what humanity is supposed to be. Mm. Right. I mean, we're all supposed, we're all called to, to live in, you know, one foot in, you know, one foot in heaven, whatever 
however you want to define that. I, you know, not, yeah. not this, we're actually, we're going to get into that. Not this place on the cloud, but, <laughs> you know, one, you know, as a human being, we live one foot in the spiritual world and one foot yes. in, the, in the physical world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's kind of who we are. And when we do that in a really integrated way, yeah. we, we live our, our fullest selves. Mm. Yeah. So in a sense, what I'm called to be as a priest is, in fact, what all human beings are called to be. Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay, so um, the, uh, the the on the fringes. Okay, as you describe yourself to be um, divergent in a way mm. to the mainstream, um, I guess uh, message or you know teachings perhaps of of the church. I mean, is it fair to to, to say that your your um, the way that you teach is is divergent from the way that perhaps the mainstream church wants you to teach i i think i would say on on most subjects i'm i'm entirely orthodox okay mm-hmm. um and um you know i think my great theological heroes thomas aquinas these are masters of the intellect uh, um we we would be on the same page sure uh, right that's right I'd be on their page more than yes, not mine. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they came first. <laughs> they came first. Yeah. Um, I think there are some social issues mm. that I would diverge from some of the the gatekeepers and the power brokers. Mm-hmm. Uh, marriage equality would be one, uh, for instance. Yeah. Um, but that's a that's a, a subject that is one of ongoing debate within the church and will be for the next century yeah we'll right. talk about this for another hundred years because there are yeah. some there are some I guess systems there that are more lenient towards it than others within the yes. same yes you know. Well, within the same organisation, yeah. like for the Anglican Church, for instance, mm. uh, we've got the real conservatives who say no, never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we've got the real progressives as it should happen should have happened fifty years ago. Yeah. and and those of us in the centre. I mean, I call myself a centrist, I suppose, trying to work out how we how we live together with difference. Yeah, and sure. diversity. I mean, the uh, you know one of the great Anglican things is. You know, after the Reformation, we we chose what we call the Via Medea, uh, mm-hmm. the middle way, yeah, right. right? And it's one of our great strengths, really. Sure. It's one of the great things we've got to offer the world is mm. unity and diversity. Yeah, you know yeah. how how we live together with difference. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, it's the only. It really is the only way forward. That's one of the big questions the... the world is asking. That's right, know, and, and we've managed mindsets. to do it for for over five hundred years. One of the uh, so we had a pre-interview, a brief pre-interview for this um, uh, for this episode, and one of the things that you mentioned was uh, that um, the Bible is a collection of um, books, um, thirty. 66. 66. It's a books, library. Right? 66 books. It's yeah. a library. It's it's uh, on on that shelf there. There is a, a library of books. Yeah. Yes. Three. Actually. There's yes. three holy bowls, <laughs> <laughs> but in each one is. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, you mentioned that um, you know that there's that there's all category of writings yes. in the Bible, right? And um, you know, I, I want to ask you is. You know, because one of the terms that you use, the reason I'm going down this line is because one of the terms you use is there's fiction and non-fiction yes. within the Bible. Yes, yes, and poetry and, and poetry, prophecy, sure. and yes, yeah, 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 all, yeah, all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah, myth, mythology, mythology. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So you know, is is that view 
orthodox. Is that yeah? Is that yes, unique? It is. Or is that, that's no, an that's an entirely orthodox view. Okay. Um, right. uh, you you will have the literalists and the fundamentalists who will disagree with that. Sure. Um, but they're divergent. And I yes. feel like that's okay. a, that could be a problem, right? Yes. Because um, you know, if if I feel like people might be more open to visiting the idea of religion, should that be laid out for them? I mean, you saying that put thoughts in my own head around my own thoughts towards religion, you know what I mean? Because I don't think I've ever met somebody that speaks in the way that you do as far as when it comes to your role here and and about the belief system in general. And I was like, that is the first time. I've been around Mm -hmm. a lot of people that, um, you know, bumping Bibles and all the rest of it. But that's the first time I've ever heard it described as that. And I thought to myself, that immediately makes sense. If yeah. there was more clarity around yeah. that in particular and yeah. not these, like you say, literalists, yeah. Yeah. Um, then I think people might be more <coughs> open to it. Yeah, know? I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, the Bible is the, the, the greatest longitudinal study of the human condition mm. ever compiled. Mm. I mean, it's compiled you know, over... You know, a period of two thousand years, mm. up until the New Testament, we've sure. got, um, and with, with with oral traditions going back five or six thousand years. Mm. So sure. this is a longitudinal study of the human condition, and um, mm. and in that lies its infinite value. It's it's an extraordinary collection of writings. Mm. Sure, sure, and the way that. Jesus, in your mind, fits into that framework. Is he the 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 pinnacle, I guess, of the ex, the express word, or you know, is was you know, explain your your view on Jesus Christ. I guess is, <laughs> is probably the, the okay. So you you've got a first century Galilean rabbi, an itinerant preacher, sort of wandering around. Mm-hmm. Um, saying some pretty extraordinary things, um, some pretty challenging and incendiary things. Mm-hmm. Um, he's directly challenging the emperor mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, how people are able to live and, and move and have their being. <coughs> he um, uh, understandably... Uh, he is executed for sedition because that's what he does. Mm. Um, and then his his friends seem to have this experience uh, of his continued presence mm-hmm. among them, and they they call this resurrection. Mm. Yes, and despite lots of persecutions and most of them getting themselves killed these early christians can continue to place such a high value on his teachings and um and such a a, a an intense belief in his continuing presence in that in that ongoing community mm. that you find the early church beginning to form and and yeah. get organised, and here we are in Gosford, two thousand years later, sort of. Thing. Um, and those early Christians start to say, "Well, how, how's all this? How's all this work? We've got 
got God, this, our, the Jewish God, the God of Abraham, and um, who we believe is the creator of the universe. Yes. And and then we've got this guy that got got himself crucified, and but somehow or other we kind of still sense he's he's, a, he's around. And so how's he related? To that, to that God, that Creator God, and then we've got this, this experience of this spiritual force in our lives that we're mm. going to name the Holy Spirit. Mm. How are they all related? How do they, you know, how do they kind of relate to each other? So the early church, you know, questions that, and they come up with this idea. Um, one of my great heroes, Gregory of Nyssa, uh, and his uh, and his mates, uh, Gregory of Nazianzus and Basil the Great. Um, came up with this idea that they called the perichoresis of the persona. And right. It, it's the dance of the masks. They, they borrowed that Greek theatre, you know, those masks mm, in sure, Greek sure, theatre. Sure, they, sure. they borrowed that, that kind of metaphor, if you like, mm-hmm. that there's this, this dance of these masks going on and, and they relate to each other in this dynamic relationship of dance and that's... They come up and they call it the Holy Trinity, and and it's a it's a beautiful metaphor of relationships mm. and dynamism, and and then we make a doctrine out of it and draw a line in the sand and kill anyone on the other side of the line. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Okay. So you know, I guess I'm keen to pull people back across that line and say mm. this is a this is a metaphor of relationship and beauty and and movement and dynamism, and we all should be in that dance. Sure, sure. That's a dance that everyone should be in. Mm. Um, and not killing people who haven't quite joined the dance yet. <laughs> so that's mm. Yeah. Um, so who's Jesus is all, all of that. And it's, I guess, again, I guess we're picking up a bit of a theme here now, aren't we? But Jesus is where heaven and earth meet. I see. Yeah. And, and we are all called to be that person. Sure. So in a way... Um, your your um, your interpretation is that uh, that Jesus was in a way sanctified, and perhaps am I getting the hint here that perhaps even elevated above his station by people after him? Is that is that the way oh, that I'm no, reading that? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that as. I mean, this is very complex stuff. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that as so. I I, I would say. Um, uh, I would hold the entirely orthodox view of who Jesus is. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I, I th- I'm not sure that language works well anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say that in the, the historical Jesus was a person in whom heaven and earth met. Right. Okay. Um, and, and we're still unpacking what that means. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I still get the impression that's a, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Diplomatic answer. <laughs> well, yes. It, 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 well, diplomatic in the in the sense that I kind of I want to talk about this in a way that is inviting sure. for for people to join the dance. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Um, not in a way that sort of draws a line. So, well, you don't believe that. 
stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's progressive. I always want to talk about this, like the mystics do. Sure. In a way that invites people into a conversation, into a into a dance, okay. rather than just be prescriptive. I'd rather be descriptive. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Um, that's a good way to go about it. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll sign on and I'll tick all those <laughs> those orthodox boxes, and that's that's great. But uh, there's more to the conversation than that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. 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 I think we should put a little bit more wood on that fire. Put another log on the fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a song about that once upon a time as well. So while you're doing that, Pabs, I'm taking over. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chuck it on. Father Rod. Should we do two? Yeah, and a bit of of little stuff too. A bit of little stuff. Yeah. On the the topic of, um, you know, being, being virgin until marriage... Um, yes. How important is that in the in the realms of this particular belief system? Totally irrelevant. Okay. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. So, <laughs> because I'm sure I've read that somewhere that that's somewhat. I'm sure you important. have. <laughs> who, who who would say that that's important? Well, a lot of. You know, really, um, literalists, Christians, will, literalists will go, will go down that line. Okay. Um, there's the promise keepers and all these sort of people. Um, what that really does is is cause eighteen year olds to get married so they can have sex. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And what a devastatingly stupid thing to do. Absolutely. <laughs> Shotgun weddings. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what a manipulative. I mean, eighteen year olds are going to have sex. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. That's just how we're designed. Yes. <laughs> and rather than sort of forcing people into relationships that are not going to last in the long term, I think we'd be much better off teaching young people about um, how to treat other young people, well, any other human beings, with dignity mm. and um, and care and compassion. I mean, I think. Um, I don't think casual sex is a good a good thing. I think I think it's quite a destructive thing. I think it commodifies other human beings. It, sure, you know, sure, it, sure, it sure, sure. Objectifies, and mm-hmm. um, I think sex should be about a um, you know beautiful, caring intimacy between two people that are really committed to each other in relationship. Well, I, I, I tend to agree. I, I mean, you know, I've read some different points of view on this particular matter and one that resounded with me is that engaging in the act of sex with somebody is an energy exchange. Absolutely. And that, um, you know, when you're talking about promiscuity, you're talking about potentially, well, I mean, you're, you're, you're leaving pieces of energy all over the place, essentially. Mm. And, and we don't know enough. We like to pretend we know everything as human beings. We know nothing. Um, you know, that can't be a good thing. Oh. But I, I just thought I'll throw that one yeah. in there, you know. Like, where, where do you versus the church sit on that particular yeah, Well, issue? I mean, the, the church would say sex is not outside marriage. Sure. Right. Simple as that. I tried my hardest. Um, I, didn't, I wasn't able to complete but, that task. But, yeah, well, but what, I mean, I guess I'd want to drill down that. So what are we, what are we really saying about mm. that? What we're really saying about that is that, you know, s- 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 that kind of intimacy between two human beings really should be in the context of of, of 
of commitment and care and yeah. dignity and yeah, that's kind of what sure. it's designed to, to be part of. And you put a nice soft yeah. landing on these there. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and, that, I mean, and that, that's the real message behind marriage. Yes. That, I mean, like, I can I can say, look, you know, you can't have sex outside of marriage and everyone yeah. will say, well, pff, I don't care what you think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I can say that, you know, this has got something to do with, with beauty and, and commitment and dignity and, and then all of a sudden... Young people say, oh, "Okay, I'm, I'm interested in those mm. things." Yeah, that's mm. right. It's I am really interested in those things. If, if yeah. you were, if you were to sort of put it in a nutshell, you could say that um, perhaps the the church invites people to enter into a lasting and loving relationship yes. before they have sex. That's, that's absolutely oh, yeah. too right. I'm hundred percent. Yeah, hundred yeah, right. for that. Sure, my word. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. What about gay marriage? Same same rules apply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, any kind of intimate oh, human sorry. contact. No, I'm not. I'm not making myself clear. Hmm. Um, where do you no, you're not, oh, on you're, gay <laughs> marriage as opposed to? Um, oh, I see. Premarital sex yes. in gay well, marriage. You already alluded to that, but yeah. I mean, I I was very much a part of the the campaign for same sex. The yes vote for same sex marriage. Yeah, for um, sure. Because I believe, for me, it's a, it's a justice issue. Yeah. Definitely. That, you know, every adult human being ought to live under the same law. Yeah. Mm. And we didn't. No. I mean, I, I lived under a law because I'm heterosexual that mm. gay people didn't live under. Well, yeah. And that's, mm. that's, that's wrong. It's that is wrong. Enough, is it? That is not good enough in a secular democracy, which yeah. we are. Mm. Um, and so in terms of civil marriage for um, any consenting adult, no matter whether you're LGBTIQA plus plus, yeah. um, it's a matter of equality under the law. Yeah, yeah. definitely. The question for us, of course, is uh, for for Christians: is can this be a Christian marriage? Mm. Now, there's a difference between a there's a difference between marriage and Christian marriage, or mm. Muslim marriage, or Hindu marriage, or whatever. Sure. sure. Uh, Christian marriage has a has a particular understanding. Mm. And so we're, you know, at the moment in our church, where um, some of our greatest minds are, are, are being employed to really think this through. You know, can people of the same sex be uh, engaged in a in a Christian marriage? Mm-hmm. Now, I would argue yes. Yes, I think I've come to that point where I would argue yes. But there are many who who would have various various degrees of no or maybe or we don't know yet kind of mm-hmm. stuff, but. I um, yeah, that's that's well, it's that's interesting because yeah. I I mean, uh, when when I was married, we were married by a bloke named Peanut in a rose garden. You were there, Peanut. <laughs> His name was Peanut. Good old Peanut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was a lovely wedding. <laughs> it was great. It was you know? good. It was actually. And part good. of the reason that I went, like you know, uh, my wife said, you know, basically. Because I don't know if I'm I'm alone in this thinking, but like marriage for me, I wasn't really considering it. To tell you the truth, it wasn't one of my. Um, it wasn't something that I always wanted. You know, mm. like it's not. I don't know. Some people have it as a real goal. They want to get married. Like well, that's something we, they we, look forward to in their life. Right? This conversation that women tend to imagine yeah. their their yeah they play yeah that's know, right they since of, the young years you know like but guys are different. 
Well, when it came time for me to make some decisions about the wedding, it's like, well, where do you... I was, the only thing that I said, look, I don't want to get married in a church, particularly mm. because of my experiences up until that point with the church mm. and my own belief system. Uh, and, and um, I don't know, I figured, like, I like outside as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah. I, didn't, I didn't necessarily want a member of uh, the church marrying me because of my, I guess, opposition defiance disorder, mm. being that, well, I just don't like the mm. idea that other people... This is why you're a youth worker, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Same rebellious Opposition sort of. Yeah, the, well, I've labelled myself that. with that because I, get I just that. any system I no, look I got at. It too. Maybe uh, you miss your calling, lunchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, last I, lunchy. <laughs> I, I did set resonate with that. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. actually, as as we were um, doing a bit of research for this show, the the the, the parallels and perhaps the shared opinions <laughs> that, um, yeah. that both of you that both of you share. Oh, thank you. Is um, a run canny. Actually. Oh, absolutely! Just, uh, if, if, like I said, just a little if, bit. If, if even ten percent of what we Thank read you. is to be believed and is correct, then we certainly have a lot. And probably <laughs> about eight percent. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So, um, what's your opinion regarding confession or repentance, and and the the fact that? Um, Specifically, yeah. Right? If, if someone mm. lives, yeah, go on. Well, we were we were we are theorizing, mm. I guess. Again, um, you know, I heard, and it's I've heard it on multiple occasions that somebody can live the life of well, however they want to, mm. basically, and that mm. meaning they can commit, um, you know, horrible mm. horrible crimes and and sins, you mm. know. Um, heinous stuff mm. and, and then at the end of that provided that they do have an organic feeling of remorse then there's this you know uh, you know you'll be right sort of yep. mentality around and that you'll be led into heaven. you'll be led into heaven provided that you repent on your deathbed and that it is meaningful and genuine um I have trouble swallowing that. That could be my ODD yeah, again. I, do I don't too. know. <laughs> because it's a very superficial... Isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, people say that and there's a formal confession. If you're talking about formal, what we call auricular confession, just between a priest and... Is that uh, the ones done in the booth? You know, we don't, we're Anglicans. We don't have the box, but sure, same no. thing. Sure, yeah, sure, same sure. thing. Yeah. And um, so the, the reason that you say your confession is to receive absolution. Right. So that mm-hmm. is the, the priest... Um, you know, praying an absolution, you know, speaking on behalf of God in that sense, that they're Mm. declaring that this person is forgiven. Sure. Now, for for me to give someone absolution, uh, there is more than than just a confession required. Sure, sure, Mm. sure. sure. Um, It's uh, repentance. In other words, I mean, the Greek word is metanoia. Uh, it is to matter is to change. Noia sure. uh, is mind. mind. Um, so it's to actually to turn around to to change mm. your your ways, change your mind, change the way you see things. Yeah. So you're looking for. I'm certain, looking for um, all of that, and right. if, and I'm also and and there's penance. Mm, yes. As well. So you know if there's. Um, you know, you know, a serious something that's you know um, a bit better than I've had unpure un, un thoughts. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Yeah, you know, but if you know there is a, there's a serious issue there, then part of that penance will be about 
um, doing something that uh, that actually changes that. Right. Now, this is a big issue at the moment around the Royal Commission. Sure. Oh, sure. yeah, you sure. Know, these kind of things. Now, yep. you know, were somebody to confess to me that um, they had um, committed that kind of crime, mm-hmm. sure. uh, there's no way I would give them absolution. Sure. Until they'd been to the police, and this brings sure. me this brings yeah. me to my next question, like because yeah. it's just they're formulating as mm. we're sitting and talking yeah, yeah, now, yeah. right? I come to you mm. as a, a member of your herd flock. Yep, flock is that the right term? Mm. And I I I, can, I require confession. I make yep. an appointment, I guess, yep. as, and and you know I say, look, you know, I've killed somebody, mm-hmm. um, whether that be by accident yep. or intentional. Yep. What's the process okay. then? Like, how do you? So how before we be, before we start, sure, you you will be told that if you confess anything of a criminal nature, right? I see. Then um, you you're a mandatory I am reporter. Re- I'm a mandatory reporter. I oh, am right. required. So, got it. Uh, by to law. by law. Yeah. Um, then uh, you know if you choose to go forward with that. Sure. Then. Um, then listeners probably need to know we're right next to the police station here in Boston. <laughs> yeah. And so if you were to reveal something of a criminal nature, uh, then then you and I are going for a walk next door. That mm. makes me that makes me somewhat happy yeah. to hear that. Mm. Um, has that always been the case? Well, it, it should have been. Sure. It, it hasn't in it practice, hasn't. Yeah. but it should have been. Now, you know, when... And I would then, if you're going to go for a walk next door with me mm. and we're going to go and... I'm going to walk. Up. I'm going to walk with you through that sure, process. You, you, sure. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to care for you pastorally. You're there as almost mm. like a mentor in that mentor. Yeah, figure I'm going to care for you pastorally. Them. Yep. Um, and at some stage in that process, um, we're probably going to get to a point where I'm going to give you absolution mm. um, because you've shown a genuine repentance, a genuine sorrow for the damage you've caused to the point where you've handed yourself to the in, point where you've handed okay. yourself let's, in let's rewind yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. then let's just let's say that you're a murderer that's been caught yep and you're in jail yep and so there is no more penalty to pay yep. because you're serving a life sentence yes. mm. what kind of penance can you pay then well you are paying it you're, you're yeah. already doing it but but you were caught despite your best efforts not to be caught yeah. That's I, a tough one, right? That's a tough one. I, I'd be, I mean, and jail chaplains struggle with this all the time because mm. they're in a very difficult position. That must mm. be an interesting role. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they know where the bodies are buried, let <laughs> yeah. me tell you yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I always remember uh, Father Burston, his name was, he was the priest who heard the confession of Ronald Ryan. Yeah, right. Who was the last man to be hung in yeah. Australia. Mm. And uh, he was often interviewed. Of course, he never revealed anything that he heard, mm. but, he, he, but people were fascinated mm. by him because he'd been the chaplain at Pentridge Jail. So he, sure. he probably knew where all the bodies were buried. Mm. Yeah. Um, and at that time, they weren't mandatory reporters. No. And the Catholic Church still yes. will stand solidly on this. They will not. Okay. Um, break the seal of the confession. So I know where to go for my confession. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there are still churches in operation. Oh, yes, that, yes. I mean, wow. But my, our, our policy is... The reason you say a confession is to get absolution. Yeah. And you're not going to get absolution... Without the penance. Without your penance. So mm-hmm. there's no point... There is no point in saying your confession. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not prepared to go to the police if you committed a crime. Sure. It's a waste of time because... 
you're not going to get it. Sure. Okay. Switch have, gears. All right, Sorry. I've got one more question. Go on, go on, go on. Have, have you ever been in a position like that? No, no. I've never. I've no, never yeah. personally been in I was that. Going to say that would be pretty gnarly, right? Yeah. yeah. Like being in the both. Yes. Like, wow. Yeah. Sorry. Go on, perps. Uh, yeah. I, I thought of another couple. It doesn't matter. Look, what is God and what is the devil? Okay. What is God? Um, there's the good old Hebrews. They were really clever. Uh, brilliant, really. Mm. You, you, you probably know that at least somewhere in, in your journey you've heard the story of moses and the burning bush mm-hmm. okay so moses goes up the mountain burning bush voice comes out of the bush saying hey moses you know go off to egypt and set my people free and moses you've got to be kidding the emperor's got the pharaoh's got armies and who am i and what's mm-hmm. so i gotta i gotta you know if i'm gonna go to pharaoh i've got to go with some credentials so, you know, to, so mm-hmm. tell tell me what your name is mm-hmm. so i can say who sent me and the voice out of the bush says, uh, my name in, in, in Hebrew is Yahevothe. Um, it's four letters, one of them repeated. So, uh, and we, we translate that as Yahweh. It's, Yahweh. it's not really, but it's kind of how we translate it. Is the, it is the, I always get this wrong, but something like the third person singular um, imperfect tense of the verb to be. Wow. In such a short... Because that, I, I that's heard what that it is. Yes. Ancient Hebrew, each letter, like, has a meaning. So then, like, four four letters strung together is like... Yeah, I haven't heard that, but, yeah. No, okay. Um, but there are no, there are, there are, there are no uh, vowels right, in right. Hebrew, so we've got to put the vowels in. Sorry. But it's... It, my daughter, who's a speech pathologist, tells me that... Um, that ar- that arrangement of consonants technically technically cannot be voiced, right? Mm. Uh, and so we say we you know we we can't say it because it's so sacred. We we actually can't say it because you can't say it. Wow, <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah, um, so wow. it's <clears throat> it's a verb. So what is God? Well, technically, biblically speaking, uh, God is the um, third person imperfect future tense of the verb to be. <laughs> so, okay. But it's, it's a verb, you see. Um, and that's so clever because you, you, can, you get a noun and you can make an idol out of it. Yeah. You can't make an idol out of a verb. Sure, sure. So mm. it is, God is the very act of being. Mm. That's what God is. Mm. Biblically speaking, author, that's author, that's pure biblical orthodoxy. What is the devil? Well, that's in, that's interesting, and, and and to to answer that question, you've got to sort of you know scrape away all this Hollywood imagery mm. that we have. Sure. Um, biblically speaking, yeah, Satan um, is part in, in the in the book of Job. Mm. There's a marvelous. Um, Scene in the Book of Job, God sitting there in 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 the boardroom as the chairman of the board, with you know all the, you know the board sitting around, and 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 Satan is the what we would kind of understand now as the as the prosecuting attorney, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the tempter, you know the and and so you know in Job, uh, you know God's saying, "Isn't Job such a great guy?" And and Satan says, "Well, let me loose on him." Mm. 
let me tempt him. Let, sure. let me prove to you that Job isn't such a great guy. Sure. So in, in, in most cultures, <clears throat> there's this idea of the trickster or the tempter or um, in most myth- mythologies you have this idea. And so biblically speaking, Satan is part of the heavenly council. Yeah, mm. right, because he was an angel at yeah, one point. Yeah, and then you got the, you get this mythology. Jew, it's a Jewish mythology that Lucifer is, is the bringer of light who uh, falls from heaven, and that's part of it, that ongoing mythology. Mm. Um, but, but actually, the devil is... Well, is actually, Satan is part Satan of the is, heavenly council, and he wow. is the... He is the prosecuting mm. attorney, if you like. He's the one that's going to work out whether you are a good person. Yes, or not. Well, or, or, t- or push you to the push you and tempt you. Sure. And so that your your real nature is revealed. Mm. And ultimately, in John's gospel, the, John picks up this this metaphor again, this forensic metaphor, this this courtroom metaphor, and you know he sets it up and has the has the as you know, the, Satan as the prosecutor and, and the Holy Spirit as the defense attorney. And, and John, in this metaphor, in this mytho- mythology, he, he has the, the prosecutor driven out of the courtroom. And so there's only the defense attorney. And of course, what, what must be the, dis- the judge's decision if there is only a defense and no prosecution? Mm. It's not guilty. Mm. And 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 for John, that's what Jesus achieves. Okay, interesting. That that is an interesting perspective on the matter. Yeah, right? and yeah. so we, you know, we we're before the judge with only a defender. Yeah, no mm. prosecutor. Yeah, uh, okay. And therefore, the decision so that, by the judge is you are I, you are innocent. I, I can probably yeah. leave all my questions around symbolism <laughs> alone. Then, right? <laughs> you know, we've got a lot of symbolism that that. Oh, I guess it depends on who you are and how you're looking at it. You've got your, your, you know, atypical symbols for Satanism and and the devil and worshipping the devil and all that sort of stuff. And I was going to ask how relevant that is, but by that description, it sounds like it's not even considered. (laughs) Pretty screwed up. I mean, we live in a profoundly mysterious universe. I don't know the answer Mm -hmm. to all. Sure, sure, sure. Any any of those questions, to be honest. But you get some pretty screwed up people who, for all sorts of reasons of, of power and manipulation, will use that stuff well like we've touched on this show many a times mm. before you know things like that only have the power that you invest That's into right. them and, and for me mm. seeing mm. three three numbers on a sidewalk or whatever is just a waste three of numbers spray on a sidewalk paint yes. and, <laughs> yes. I don't know, like a, you know do you believe Christianity is under attack well I, be- I believe that the the things that, at our best, we stand for, I always qualify that, <laughs> um, have always been under attack. Mm. You, I mean, Jesus stood for this new kingdom of equality and, you know, uh, that was sort of certainly under, and, un, under physical attack in his case. Mm. Um, so, you know, we stand for a, a just society. Um, where where people have equality, where everyone has enough to eat, and you know, and everyone has has the freedom to reach their you know their full potential, and there are so many 
vested interest in our world that will work against that. Mm. Uh, so is Christianity under attack? Well, yes, if, and but only when it stands for what it should stand for. And the great sadness throughout history is that Christianity has so often colluded with the domination system mm. Mm. and become part of the domination system. Yeah, yeah. And, and still is to some extent. Mm. Um, so if Christianity isn't under attack, it's not doing its job. Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. That's an interesting point of view. Do, do you think that, um, like, I, I, I actually don't know the numbers, but take yourself back 20 years. Mm. Were there more people at your congregation than, than there are today? Oh, vastly more. What's that about? What's going on there? What, what's oh, that? well, again, a very complex thing. It's a part, in part about postmodernism. Yes. That post, postmoderns don't go for anything institutional, mm-hmm. don't go for anything that works around authority. Yeah, sounds like you, lunch. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, adolescent oppositional syndrome. <laughs> but yeah, so it's part of postmodernism. It, it's yeah. it's also, I think, a, partly due to the the church. The, I mean, when I say the church, it's a, it's a you know, very complex organisation. Yeah. Mm. But generally speaking, the church not getting it, mm. um, clinging to certain ways of being that are no longer relevant um mm-hmm. belonging to a society we i don't know how long much time we've got in here much we're okay yeah there's i mean you go as long as you like there, so there's, that's that's what it comes down to one of the things i find really fascinating is what we call uh, the stages of spiritual development and the stages of human development. Mm, they yeah. tend to be the same thing. And a, a, a guy called um, Fowler sort of worked out there about seven of them. That's too complicated, so we squash them back at four, so it's more simple. So there's that, that what we call the narcissistic or criminal stage. Yes. Um, and uh, it's, it's all, all about, you know, this is all keep about, going, this going. is all about me. Yeah. And and we've got a detention centre up here uh, in uh, um, where there's a you know hundred odd young men mm. and um, they're there because they've they've got to their teenage years and never got out of this stage you know they still think that that car is mine yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and so I I can take it or whatever you know so and and our religions like that too we we get this narcissistic stage. It's the first stage. Everyone goes through it. It's, it's the Jesus is my boyfriend stage. It's mm. all about me. <laughs> or Jesus is my personal butler. He's going to give me whatever I ask for and mm. I'll pray for parking spots or whatever. <laughs> you know. And you're supposed to get out of that by the time you're about six or seven. Yeah. <laughs> We've got 80-year-olds still in that stage. Sure. So the next stage then is the, the structural stage. and um, So it's who's in and who's out. You know, so I, I believe this, I'm going to heaven, you don't, you're not, type stuff. And for churches, that's the best business model. Hmm. And all, be, all the big churches have that model. Uh, and when I look back to my training, I was trained to keep people in stage two. Yeah, mm. right. Of course, that's our best business model. Because the trouble with people, if they go into stage three, they leave the church. And they get interested in social justice and 
what's going on out in the world and, and all those things. And I guess that would have been my add-on to that. How does technology um, play into, you know, um, the decrease in attendance or faith? Well, or is, it, is it assisting in that awakeness, I well, guess? Well, because you can't you know. find Jesus on Google, right? Like you can find Jesus, I'm sure you can find probably over a million descriptions, but yeah. we're talking about people who have technology at their fingertips that haven't had it there before. They're able to find an answer to most things online and up until access, free access mm. to the World Wide Web, uh, it was up to, um, I guess, priests and, and you know leaders yeah, in so the community to... People can be much answer. more informed and they've certainly got information, yeah. whether it's good information or not, but they're... Mm. It, um, see, we, I mean, I guess here, we, we have chosen to run the worst business model of church because we run a stage-free church. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, and and the internet and, and social media has been our friend, really, because well, you, it we've can been be a able tool, to... Right? It can be a... Yeah, we've okay. been able to really uh, sort of find, reach into the wider community uh, through through social media. And... And I'm not even sure now why I went down that track because I forget the original question. But yeah, well, I guess it, just it about a, the decrease in the decrease of yes. So oh, that's right. That's why I was going there. Um, so while humans in their healthy state go on that journey from stage one to stage four, we as a society also go on that journey. Hmm. So in the nineteen, you know, up until probably the nineteen fifties. We were in the West. The West. I'm talking about the West here. We were a very stage two society. Mm-hmm. Mm. Who's in? Who's out? You know all those sort of social norms and everything. And 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 the 60s and 70s and the sexual revolution, all sorts of things, were just symptoms of this um, evolutionary process into a stage three society. Mm. And a stage three society, like stage three people, leave the church. Mm-hmm. They're not interested in structural anything organized religion or whatever and so um the the fact that the church's institution is shrinking is 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 just a symptom of the fact that we are evolving as a society into a stage three society Mm. um people leaving political parties and and uh, you know social organisation, you know Rotary and Apex and all those kind of things. Right, all right, all right. of those things are gone. The, yeah. uh, and then, until the church gets th- that, people will be people aren't interested in a or an organised religion mm. in the the church. Yes, but they are interested in a movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, desperately interested in movements. Sure. Um, that's why Get Up is such a success. Mm-hmm. It's a movement, and it allows people to jump in and out. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's um, flexible. It's flexible, and so, but the, the I guess the, the greatness of Christianity is it was never meant to be an organisation or an institution. It was meant to be a. It was founded as a movement. Yeah, mm. yeah. And when we when we wake up to that, <laughs> we, when we get back to the Jesus movement, mm. people are really interested in that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think oh, people really? don't like to be told what to no. do, right? Like, uh, and and I think when you share an idea, yeah, you share you share an idea, you share far values. Far different from imposing yeah. a rule. Yeah, uh, here's our values. We're interested in a just society. Yeah, mm-hmm. you want to come and get on board with that? Oh yeah, come. Here's what I'm you can do that. to help. Here's yeah. what you can do to get on. <laughs> yeah. And 
that's what that was Jesus' message. Hey, yeah. I'm interested in just society. Who's with me? And everyone, yeah, okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You could probably just jump down to politics. I think. And, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, because I want to get some of the uh, left field questions in as well. So. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do it because we, we. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, so. Um, you, you've you're described, or I guess perhaps self-confessed as a progressive. Yeah, I'm a little. I'm a. I'm, I guess a little anxious about that term, really, mm-hmm. in, in many ways. Um, I, in some ways, yes, that's true. Yes. Um, politically, I'm prob- I, I like to see myself as a centrist, although as one conservative interviewer once said to me, everybody likes to see themselves as a centrist. Because <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like technically the only sensible place to be. Yeah, you well, agree, right? <laughs> um, I, I, I get really anxious about the extremes on both ends. I, I, I get really anxious about the extreme right. I get really anxious about the extreme left. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm an Anglican. I'm the I'm the middle way. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So um, I can be called a progressive, but politically, um, I, I, I in some ways I say, look, I don't really know anything about politics in that sense. But I I, I am a, I'm a I'm a follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. and wherever that takes me in this political sure. spectrum. That's where so, I've got to so go. For and you, that, for you it's that, about humanity. For me, it's, it's, about, yeah, for me yeah. it's about you know, the teachings of Jesus, yes. as I understand them through the Gospels. For, and that will plonk me in various um, political places that may be seen as left, yes. like on refugees or sure. you know, people, human rights or gay marriage or whatever. Sure. Um, and so they tend to be as he was. Yes. Um, Pushing for equality, yeah. And if that's if that's left, well, people can label as as that. But yeah, I'm I'm labelled as left as well. I, I stand for those ideals myself. Yes. I think that. Um, but again, I mean, the traditional Liberal Party that mm. I grew up in mm. also had those uh, leanings. Those leanings of a yeah. of a social conscience. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. I think the political spectrum has moved so far to the right that the, the people who have never moved yes. have found themselves sort of out on the... Malcolm yeah. Fraser, for instance. I mean, Malcolm Fraser was a, you know, a, you know, a 1970s conservative political you know, figure. Uh, he never moved. Sure. <laughs> but all of a sudden he found himself voting for the Greens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's about the party moving as opposed to the individual. You know, so um, it's a hard question to answer. I mean, I, but, and I, I think increasingly I'm, I, I'm not comfortable with that label of progressive. Sure. Um, I'm much, I, and I, I'm more inclined now to say, listen, I, I, do, the, I do my best to, to follow the teachings of Jesus of Nazareth, mm. and wherever that puts me on the political spectrum, will let someone else's problem. Not and mind. and that's interesting to hear you say that you'd like to try and avoid the extreme left and the extreme yeah. right and those things because, you know, that in itself is pretty extreme by, uh, you know, people's opinion. You know, that belief system yeah. itself. And I mean, we're taught you. You, I was reading through some of your accolades, there and and one in particular jumped out at me. I, I just saw it as awesome. You. you Handcuffed or chained yourself? Chained ourselves. You to okay. Kirribilli House, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is and, brilliant. And so, uh, what in, in aid of a clergy, what, a few clergy, and 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 um, what were you trying to? It was about Manus. It was really right. trying to um, highlight what was going on in Manus at the time. 
So mm. we, we chained ourselves up and we had the, all the media turned up. It was it was a media. This is four o'clock in the afternoon or something, you know, just before news time. Sure, sure, sure. It was so all it was a hot well planned. We had media <laughs> consultants working and doing things. I wish and, I had. Um, I would have chained myself to it. And um, <laughs> and it was a media firestorm. And then at six o'clock, Prince Harry got engaged. Oh. <laughs> So you just saw a, a slew of cameramen scuttle off the wall. We had the media in our hands. Uh, oh, a royal wedding. Look over there, a royal wedding. Wow. And, um, Another pointless oh, escapade. Wow. How, bom, bom. how could we have known that was going to happen? Um, that's a whole other issue. That's man. a whole other issue. But interesting, we were, we were arrested. We were arrested and uh, piled into the back of the. You were arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. Piled in the back of the paddock wagon, and then the the inspector, police inspector, came up and said, um, "Right, where do you want us to drop you?" (laughs) And we said, "Oh, the pub at North Sydney." The they just wanted to get us out of the way because sure. they knew if they didn't move us, we'd just chain ourselves and back up again. Yeah. No so they that. took us over in the paddy wagon and threw us out the puppet door sitting. <laughs> okay, so here's a question that delves into that a little bit. Do you believe in borders? National borders? Uh, yeah. You mean? You know, even the, the border that separates New South Wales and Victoria. <laughs> well, but, yeah, uh, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm accused of wanting open borders. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Right. I think that's um, uh, not a helpful thing, really. I, so, I think so we, how, how do you we, need to, we need this? to manage our borders. I sure, mean, sure. I, I think that's crazy not to. Do. I mean, I think in in some ways, um, national borders are a, a modernist construct. Mm. Uh, you know, they're they're really only a few hundred years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, yeah. And I think over over time. Uh, they will become less and less. In, uh, you know, the internet, for instance, is there's no way you can. You know, it's very hard to form borders. In that you can have mm. geo blocking and so forth. But mm. uh, in time, we will evolve away from. But for for the moment, um, I I don't believe in open borders. I mean, I think we do okay. need to manage. Um, and but it's a myth. It's a mythology that certain people put out. Uh, that people who want to care for refugees mm. believe in open borders. We yeah, don't. I think there's, I mean, a, that's, there's a that's clear difference a, between those two yes, things. Yes, there is. And so, I mean, but, but the, the trouble we find is this, you know, after uh, seven years ago, a couple of weeks ago, um, 19th of, of July mm-hmm. um, 2013, when Rudd said, you know, no one will ever settle in Australia if they come by boat. Mm. Well, we've spent nearly $8 billion on 3,000 people. Mm. Mm. While in that, in that time, hundreds of thousands have come in by, by air. Mm. Mm. Hundreds of thousands of people, 60,000 a year. Mm. Yeah. Um, seek asylum at, at Mascot Airport. Mm. Mm. Uh, we've spent nearly $8 billion on 3,000. Torturing. That's my, that's my issue. Mm. It's, the, it's the sheer hypocrisy of the policy. Mm. Um, I, I think those 66,000 people a year who seek asylum should be treated precisely in the same manner as those who arrive by boat. Sure. Because well, we've, we've got a friend who was uh, in a detention centre for an immigration issue, which was actually government fault. Remember a friend of ours? Mm. 
had actually been here and there was an issue with the visa, which was a miscalculation, misstep on the government's behalf. And they, all the you know, they had been living here. They got hauled off him and his older brother. The mother wasn't. Mm. So two kids put into a detention yes. centre by themselves yeah. for a mistake on the government's behalf. That, that for me... And they arrived by... Aeroplane. They came in legally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's just well, you know what I mean. Coming by so, boat's also legal. So mm-hmm. and, and no, I'm not, it's not illegal to seek sure. asylum no matter not, not where how you that. arrive. My yeah. my point yeah. of the matter is is just the conditions in which you know what I mean. Like yes. mm-hmm. he said that uh, you know they didn't go hungry or anything like that, but the way that they were treated was questionable. Mm-hmm. And so it's yes. like how how we treat. We've got this Billa Wheeler family at the moment mm-hmm. on the whole of Christmas. The whole detention's costing millions of dollars mm-hmm. for a mum and dad and two little girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's appalling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, insane. That's insane. So so how, how do you? Because something that I've grappled with is like they were the, the the refugees were coming by boat. Yes. Right. Um, you don't hear about boats coming anymore. No, they're just going somewhere else. They're, yeah, they're just drowning somewhere else. They're just drowning yeah, somewhere else. That's, that's all. Yeah. Is that right? Yes, they're drowning in the Mediterranean. Or, yeah. yeah. So that that it's not stopping people drowning. It's only stopping people drowning off Christmas Island. Mm. I see. Yes. If we were serious about stopping people drowning, which was the rhetoric around the time, yes, we'd have we'd have spent a tiny portion of that eight. Well, it, that that's eight billion dollars just for the detention. Operation Sovereign Borders is now approaching twenty billion dollars. Yeah. Mm. Right. If we'd have spent a tiny proportion of that money um, resourcing the UNHCR in Jakarta, in Indonesia, uh, processing people, do what Malcolm Fraser did, send a couple of jumbo jets. Mm. You know, five jumbo jets would have solved this whole problem. Mm. Mm. Um, If we'd have resourced the UNHCR properly, we'd have spent a tiny proportion of what we've spent. Uh, People wouldn't have been tortured and killed in in these detention centres, but the the political um, uh, leverage at the time was just worth that money to the sure. government. Are and you sure? Because like I, I I actually feel I actually feel that um, that it was it was a hard decision to make. Like I I, I don't know. Rudd Rud made that decision to save save a bit of the furniture in the twenty thirteen election. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, just to get a little bit of the right, they'd the, the bled some votes to the right, and he's going. You know, he knew he was going to lose the election, mm. but he's going to try and save the furniture. And and that 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 decision was unconscionable mm. uh, from a man who who had done some great things. Mm. He said sorry to the indigenous people. He mm. you know he had the potential of I thought being the poet king really. Sure. Um, so I'm just going to fix something real quick. Um, can you read the yeah. next question? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to find my most interesting one here, Pabs. Okay. Yeah. Um, you were... Uh, it, it's There's another there's another highlighted incident here about referring to Peter Dutton as a sodomite. Yeah, indeed. Uh, which... <laughs> with, <laughs> that caused a bit with of a firestorm. Yeah. So you meant it in one way. It was misconstrued. Oh, it wasn't misconstrued. It was purposely. It was pers- purposely minced. They they wheeled Tony Abbott out. Uh, uh, Hadley. Hadley uh, what's his name? Um, Ray Hadley. Ray, Ray Hadley. Hadley. Wheeled Tony Abbott out to address this. And, and, and ironically, Abbott is theologically educated because he's sure. trained as a priest. 
And he was probably one of the few people who actually knew he was lying. Yeah, mm. right. When he did what he did in terms of misconstruing it. Sure. I mean, anyone else could have been forgiven for that, but Abbott knew he was lying. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, I, I think there were two, th- two things I wanted to do there. I, I, and I forget even what prompted it. It was some appalling thing that Dutton said. I thought, oh, stuff this. I've had enough. Sure. It, was, it, was in the, it was this time of night. And I sort of, <laughs> I, I drove in and I put up this sign and I took a <laughs> I was so angry. <laughs> and so the sign was actually for reference for the listeners. Dutton is a sodomite. Dutton is a sodomite <laughs> is plastered over the church. What's the name of those board messages? Sign board. board whatever. Oh, sign yeah. board. Can you send the... us a photo of that? Yeah, it's on. It's on. You'll it's find. A... Just Google it. All right. So for our viewers, you're going to um, see that sign pop up now. Yeah. And the... <laughs> but I the, the sign the. The story of Sodom and Gomorrah is, is mm. one of those, those great mythological stories that survived mm. uh, and got itself into print, you know, 3,000 years ago, but it's a such a way older story than that. And it's, it's, a, it's a story of a society probably 4,000 years ago mm. grappling with the ethical question of military rape. Mm. Because that's what that's what they did. They they mil, military rape was a was a was a weapon of war. Mm. You know, we will we will degrade not only your women but also your more to the point your men, mm. because putting you know in that old you know that patriarchal male dominated system, if you if you raped a man, you were putting him in a subservient mm. yeah. position. Psychological mm. warfare oh, at that and, point. And, yeah. and, and still, go, I mean, Abu Ghraib prison. Yeah. Mm. Classic yeah. example yeah. Of, of the really what sodomy is all about. Yeah. It, is, it is, the, is, is the physical and, and psychological and sexual degradation of another human being for political purposes. Sure. Mm. And that's precisely... What we were doing to these refugees—that's that's not funny. I'm laughing no. at the fact you did that. It's, pre- it's precisely <laughs> it's what we were doing. Sure, uh, we were degrading these human beings on Manus and Nauru to send a political message. I mean, the, the whole sodomy, Sodom story is they they rape these men sure. to mm. send a message. But now you go home and you tell them what happens if you come here. Yeah, don't come here. Yeah, that's and that's precisely what we were doing. Sure, we yeah. were degrading these human beings to send a political message somewhere else, and that's that's a sodomite. I yeah. See. I see, and and, and some and some of your uh, colleagues were. You, you can hear in you can hear in my voice the passion I have yeah. around the subject. Oh, I just I feel and like you've pulled the pin on that grenade and just gone. Yeah. Oh, I just rolled it down the aisle. Yeah. <laughs> and well, didn't didn't that didn't it cause? I mean, the, uh, mm. the they almost had to open a department in our diocesan office to deal with the complaints. <laughs> They joke there, you know. You know, when Were you ring there, up. Was you, there a lot of angry citizens, oh, private yes. citizens? Yeah. Oh, um, angry conservative <laughs> Christians, angry <laughs> political conservatives. Oh, that is the best. Oh, it was you know, such they, a cool story. They were joking in the diocesan office. You know, if you, you know, if you wish to speak to the bishop's office, press one. If you wish to make a complaint about Rod Bauer, <laughs> press two. <laughs> oh, I love it. And. Uh, uh. But for me, it was uh, you know it was uh, using a clear biblical mythology to yeah. to to demonstrate. You're what, driving home the point. What we were doing, yeah, mm. uh, yeah. and what we continue to do that, still to that, this day. <laughs> I just that is really it's a big right hook, isn't it? Mm. Really, like when you think about the act of that alone, I just I respect that. It lands. I respect that. I really yeah. do. 
All right. Well, we've discussed uh, belief. We've discussed politics. Uh, yeah. Now it's time to ask you some fun questions. Yes, I feel, let's right? do it. Definitely. I think the first one. Do I you need more wine for this? Yeah. Well, feel free. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to get yeah. that other bottle? Is, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, no. Okay, right. <laughs> Would you like um, another little drop? I, no, I'm yeah. fine, thank you. Um, mm. Aliens, yay or nay? Well, not not uh, so. More Do you specifically, mean, um, War of the Worlds type yeah. aliens? Or, well, I, maybe I, not well, threatening. I mean, I've, I have I've no had idea. This but we, we, intelligent we cannot be the only life in this planet, in this universe. Definitely. I mean, we, right. we, you know, it's a, that, that defies any kind of rational. That makes sense. Um, sure, sure, sure. that's, that's the lens yeah. that I look at this yeah, through I mean, as well. It's whether how intelligent, well, I mean, we consider ourselves to be intelligent life. I'm not quite sure we are, but anyway. <laughs> sure. We're certainly not ra- We think we are rational. We're certainly not rational. No. But we, is there some kind of intelligent organisms in the universe somewhere? It's got to be. Yeah, right. Oh, oh it has right. Ever seen anything to make you think that there might be? No. No, okay. not really. What yeah. a shame. That would have yes. been an awesome story. I have mm. seen the Panthers, though. You yeah? have? You've seen the Panthers. Wow. Yes. It's a strange thing. They're Where? popping up everywhere. Well, I grew up in up in the bush. Uh-huh. And one morning, I was about 13, I suppose. I was out um, hunting, as you do when you're 13, and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and um, through the bushes, I saw two of them. Wow. Uh, running running up the other side of the ridge. Um, and that's all they could have. They could not. They weren't pigs because yes. they didn't move like pigs. Sure, sure, sure. Um, they were big and they were growling and they were running through the, the trees up on the... So it's so, so well documented, these not panthers. Not aliens, no. but I've seen them. I saw them okay. when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, Toronto Blessing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've shared a story on the podcast about um, I had attended a Christian school locally Um for, for a short amount of time before I was uh, required to leave. And uh, <laughs> I guess. Um, and, and I was witness to this. It came about in the early sort of that, that 90s. Um, and uh, I attempted it. Mm. I attempted it um, to no avail. It was a good way for me to get out of class at one point. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts? What are your experiences? Yeah, I mean, the, the divine spirit. Mm. moves and inspires and and brushes past us and caresses us and you know challenges and uh, does all sorts of things mm. um, sometimes I think that can be well there's there is the uh, we human beings uh, attempt to harness that sometimes for our own benefit sure sure, sure. Um, ecclesiastical benefit or whatever mm. um, was it a Toronto blessing a real thing some people experienced it like that mm. uh, did it did it become a an unhealthy thing in the end I think it probably did bit of a trend mm. bit of a trend mm. um, yeah possibly a group, like all of those things group do. delusion yeah. as well right I yeah. mean there's, there's I'm sure that somebody somewhere or a group of someone's probably did experience something that they couldn't explain i feel like there Absolutely. are a portion of the populace who are just like you said maybe doing yes. it for other yep you know yep 
and less, then you, less and then, great then, reasons. Then, yeah, then you get the, the ecclesiastical mechanisms and think, oh, wow, okay, what can we do with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm. I think that's what had happened with it in the Definitely. end. Yeah. Definitely. Babs? What about um, demons and exorcism? This is like something that the church, I guess, does on some well, level. It's, it's recognised right? in the Vatican. They yeah. spend a lot of money on, on training priests. Yes. In and the- so they should. Yes. Yeah? So they should, yes. Right. I mean, this is super this is interesting. Gold. This is gold. Um, yeah. Because it's the kind of brain surgery of, of ecclesiology, really. And it's. You know, we live in a profoundly mysterious universe, and yes. which I don't even p- pretend to understand. And this is an area mm. that I have no expertise in, mm-hmm. right? And so I stay away from it yeah. because I have no expertise in is it. Is there but an we, inkling of interest for you to get involved? Not in that? really. No, right. it's not mm. something that this is uh, why I wouldn't make a good priest. Right? <laughs> me. Well, I, I, I kind of know enough about this stuff to know I should not go anywhere near it. Okay, got it. But I think we need. We need people who are really well trained and skilled in this area because there's so many snake oil salesmen. Sure, in this area. Yeah, right, right. sure, sure. Uh, and I think the 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 more priests or people uh, who are well trained in this area, really well trained, really well educated mm. in this area, is important. Um, mm. But. I mean, I, I guess I've been a priest for nearly 30 years and you stumble across things. Sometimes you think, oh, that's really weird. And I, mm. you know, I, things you can't explain. Yeah. And I, and Have I, you seen a ghost? Have no, you? I don't think I've ever seen... Although, in the, <laughs> said that, in this house, yes, um, when we lived here, yes. and still even sometimes, you'll hear two footsteps oh. at that door oh. up walking up the hall. <laughs> and it's like whatever it is walks into this realm... With two steps and then walked out of it again. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Although one day I was asked to, <clears throat> when this was then, is now our offices, and uh, this woman asked me to come and bless her house, and she had lights going on and off and doors banging and whatever. And she had her husband's ashes sitting on the mantelpiece. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm going to bless your house. I'm going to throw some holy water around. And I said, look, maybe it's time to lay your husband to rest. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's some psycho... Pol- what we call poltergeist activity. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not those little furry gremlins in the movies. Poltergeist activity is technically intense human emotion being projected onto a, onto the physical environment. Mm-hmm. That's what... that's. Technically, suffering. what we call That's grief, suffering, grief. anxiety, intense human emotion from uh, the person yes. that's living there yes. at the time, or the deceased. Uh, no, from the person, the living right. person, projecting onto their physical environment. Totally makes sense. Yeah. 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 So that's technical. Technical sort of. Um. Anyway, so I come. I come back to the office after being there. And I'm walking down the hallway, and the light in the toilet goes on. <laughs> hmm. Right, I'm, I'm gonna leave and now. And I thought, oh, that's crap. peculiar. <laughs> Whatever this thing was has followed me back to the office. Sure, because oh. that's a thing as well. And then I go into my secretary and she says, "I've had the electrician and she, he's put a sensor light in the toilet." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, it's present in your mind, so you're jumping here, there, and yeah, tell right. me, tell me when it's when it comes to the ethereal, the strangest, weirdest, most horrifying, any of the above, 
uh, just an all-round interesting experience, uh, positive or negative. Have you got something that jumps out? Oh, well, a lifetime. Sure. Um, we probably don't have time no, to document what that. What jumps out at me was uh, I was a kid and I was... Uh, my father had died, so I was, well, I, was, I, I was right, I was 13 or something. I rode to a, one of our other paddocks, was about, oh, I don't know, five miles from home, so I'd ridden sure. down. And, I, and there's a, you cross a river and go up a little hill and, and you've got to get off your horse to open a gate. And I got off the horse and I, it was like I just sank into the earth. Hmm. And I had this incredible experience of just being at absolute oneness with the earth mm. in that space. And I can still go back to that place sure. and, and still kind of glimpse that experience. And, um, and I kind of wonder, it, it continues to make me wonder what, and you know, my family's been there for 150 years. Mm. But... You know what's what's it like if your family's been there for fifty thousand years? Mm. What's that like? Yeah. How connected do you feel to that space? Mm. And so when you ask that question, that's one of the things that jumped out. Okay. Super interesting. That sounds like Satori. What the Japanese would describe as Satori—a glimpse of enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah. You get glimpses. Yeah. Only glimpses. Yes. And I think we only are allowed glimpses. Well, as they say that um, Buddha was one that was enlightened permanently. And having experienced Satori myself, um, I can't imagine living life like that. Like like you experienced and sunk into the earth. How can you live life? You can't. There's a a story in the Gospels we call the Transfiguration. Jesus goes up the mountain with with, uh, Peter and James and John. Mm. And he's, he's transfigured and Moses and Elijah come and talk to him. And, and then they've got to go back down the mountain. Mm. Because you, and Peter and James and John say, oh, let's stay here. Let's, let's build some tents here. And, and, mm. and they say, no, no, you can't do that. You can't stay here. Mm. No, you, you've got to go back down the mountain. Right. So we, we can't live on the mountain. Mm. Good parable for enlightenment. Yeah. Um, mm. Maybe in the full. I mean, maybe. I mean, what the Buddha called in, in enlightenment, what we what we call resurrection. There, I think there's similar things. You 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 can't really live in this world mm. in that. Spot. You can get glimpses of it. You might go and visit yeah. it occasionally, and you could be transformed by it, and hopefully given wisdom by it, and and learn to live in a much deeper way. Um, but. You can't live in. Stay there. You can't stay there. Yeah. So, because I've I've done quite a bit of study into the into the Buddhist religion, and, and what they say is that there are there are Buddhas, awakened ones, that yes. will, you know, once they're enlightened, they just go into the bush and they never come back because right? they can't, and and they can't, and then there is Buddhas that are awakened and come back into the world and actually teach people. Mm. You know, uh, could could you could you um, sort of perhaps uh, maybe make the uh, connection that Jesus was enlightened? Oh yes, I mean yes, yes. And Buddhas and Christs and Mahatmas and yeah, sages. Yeah, 
yeah. enlightened, living yes. in this world, teaching. Yeah, but but see, even he couldn't. Jesus couldn't stay here long. No, mm. no, no. You said no. they can't. No. They can't stay long. No. Um, and I've buried people, young, often young people, mm. and you sit and listen to their their eulogies. Yes. And you kind of wonder whether they just couldn't stay long. Mm. Mm. They bust out of the physical realm. Interesting. On a on a personal note, funnily enough, you um so so my nephew passed, and and you know one thing that I noted, he passed very young, mm. and one thing I noted was whenever I was sort of hanging out with him, he'd be looking up and talking to the sky. And you were convinced that he was doing that for for. Anyways, it's it's interesting that you bring that up. He busted out of the funeral because you you mm. presided over his funeral. I funnily enough, yeah. Well, maybe I was thinking about that when I was listening to his eulogy too. Because, mm. Yeah. And they're not super extraordinary, but mm. there is something different about them sometimes. Mm. That they just you think oh, you just couldn't stay, could you? Mm. Yeah, right. Um, Interesting. Here I am, 58, so I can't be one of those. (laughs) No, no, look, the way I see it is very simple. We we, we ponder on these things their entire lives, and if you're not pondering, you're not growing. It's Mm. that simple. Psychics. Mm. Ah, I had an interesting psychic. (laughs) You've you've done us. Yeah. Show with us, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, she was awesome. She was. Where do you Christy stand awesome. on the ability to to? I don't know. How do I describe that one, perhaps? Like, oh well, did I mean? Well, you know, is, see, it, is it a real phenomenon? See, yeah. Just, I mean, we we have this tradition of seers. Mm. Mm. You know, prophetic seers. Prophetic seers, yeah. Um, you know, it's definitely some people have the ability to see. And it's another thing that we can't understand yeah. just yet. I mean, I'm, I mean, I think like any group of people, there's snake oil yeah. salesmen in. She said the same in, thing in psychics and, and the clergy and sure. whatever. Mm. Yeah. But you know, definitely there are people with gifts of insight. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, profoundly mysterious universe we live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, I mean, that sort of, like, answers the second question, which was, like, extrasensory perceptions of any description, perhaps, you know, like remote viewing or, um, you know, um, telekinesis. Oh. Uh, you know, you do you have a, I guess, a, I guess you know, do, do you believe it's true or do you just have that belief that it's, you know, it, 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 it isn't, definitely not real you know oh i wouldn't say i mean i i i think i can't we live in a profoundly mysterious you know, mm. you know and the 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 gifts of the 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 unconstrained gift of full humanity is mm. is a, an extraordinary thing mm. um i i think many of us have all sorts of perceptional types of gifts that are somehow or other, you know, oppressed by mm. our society, our education system, yeah. our whatever, mm. um, you know, and we get squashed back into some kind of a box and yeah. off we go. So, you know, there are some people who, who can break out of that and do mm. some extraordinary things. It's possible. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'd never say anything's impossible. We we'd better wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, I it's, think we'll it's wrap getting it up. to that point. Yeah, and I think yeah, we're yeah. right at the end. Yeah. Anyhow, um, time for you now. A message, 
Uh, is there is there some way you'd like direct listeners to to sort of go and have a look? Have you got something that you'd like to bring to the public's attention as far as well public as far as our listeners go? I guess <laughs> the you're probably on a much larger budget. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Well, oh, well, well, we'll we'll put this up on on our social media. You see, that's so, fantastic. Oh, Thank awesome. you. Um, so yeah, I mean, just, just uh, search for Gosford Anglican on facebook yes uh at fr as in father fr bauer on twitter mm-hmm. there are big socials and yeah. um there's about a hundred thousand people wow wow in that's that, that's a big audience in that audience and wow. um yeah so we yeah and i guess we are we are about you know li- living as a, a more just society you know mm. and if you want you know a message for me it's to is to to live justly mm, to yeah. love mercy and to walk humbly mm, yeah i can get that's down with that message. that's awesome that's, poetic. that's awesome that I is like that. and so people can buy a copy well, i didn't make that up that's the prophet mike as I okay right. <laughs> <laughs> give him credit edit here no so i um you you mentioned before that you were previously written a book Yes, and if yes, people outspoken. are interested outspoken. to actually read outspoken that book, where would they be able to find it? They can get that from it? Penguin or yeah. Amazon or wherever, yeah. you know, okay. all of those. Check yeah. it out, people. I mean, yeah. we've had a supremely interesting night tonight. We've the whole process has been amazing for us. So, yeah. so you know, just um, check it out. I would, I would just say that we've had a couple of technical difficulties I've been trying to do the best I can uh, while still maintaining the conversation well, first but, show uh, out of you know, the observatory uh, we're yeah, doing pretty yeah, good yeah. we've we're gone to the backups good. of our backups of our backups to actually get through this but yeah. uh, it's the, fine the cracks and, are where the light gets yeah, in that's exactly right I love it I love it I love it what a great way to wrap up until yeah. next week Father Rob thank you for coming and being a part of our show well thank you for allowing us to yes. come and be with you so oh. that you could be a part of our show a real privilege um, We've really appreciated the opportunity. Um, And until next week, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard.